0: Five,
1: six, five, four, three, two, one, this is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and it's been a couple weeks since we've been here. Father Dickinson is on retreat, um, so I have once again some illustrious co-hosts. Uh, I dragged Renee Leach back. Hi, Renee.
2: Bottom of the barrel again. Uh, well, you know.
1: <laughs> And uh, a new guest co-host.
2: Welcome, welcome.
0: Eric Gallagher. Hi, Eric. Hello, Chris. Eric, Thanks for having me. What's your job, Eric? I am the Director of Adolescent Faith Formation for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Oh, Falls. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're in the office next to me. People listen okay, to this outside of Sioux Falls? Yes,
1: they do. <laughs> uh, we, let's see, listeners. I know there are some of you, I think, in Georgia? Wow. South America? Uh, in the in the past, Australia. I don't know if we have any current listeners in Australia or not. But... So anyway, yes, we are a global podcast for the new evangelization. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is a word that is both common to Catholics, but at the same time, I think not, in my opinion, and you guys can confirm or deny. Um, this. But I don't think it's I use the, a word that we use that often. That word is discipleship. Um, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus told the apostles, Go and make disciple disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, commanding to teach them all or commanding them to observe all that I have taught you. Um, and so Jesus told the apostles and by extension, then their successors, the bishops and their co-workers, the priests, to make disciples. And so for roughly 2,000 years, the apostles and then their successors, the bishops have been doing just that, making disciples. But again, um, I think, and this is I'm gonna get your thoughts on this this initial question, do you think discipleship is is a common word within let, let's just say most most of the parishes, uh, for for American Catholics, put it that way. For American Catholics, Eric, what do you think?
0: I do. I I do not think it's commonly used. At least I know in our own diocese, um, we've we've in a sense replaced it with catechesis. Okay. Um, I would I would say that most of our religious ed coordinators and youth ministers have have the responsibility of catechesis, and that's kind of their job description is titled catechesis and discipleship. Usually doesn't fall anywhere in there. Um, but I think there's a, a, a tug on all of their hearts at times thinking they and wishing they could do more and they, they're longing to do more. And so I, I think that's where we're coming to now with the new evangelization is that, is that it, it's becoming a more common term because we're bringing it back. Um, and we're, we're discovering that it's not, not a priest. Only responsibility, or bishops' only responsibility, to make disciples, but it's the lay's responsibility as well. The okay.
2: o- the other thing that I think that goes along with that is the fact that when you think of the word discipleship, um, in my mind anyway, it um, connotates an action. It's something. If I'm a disciple of Christ, there's I'm responsible for something. I you know there's there's a responsibility on me to do something to go forward, and I think um, I think we get. You know, lulled into the sense where if I go to mass on Sunday, or if I, um, if I, you know, take if I learn about my faith, that's all great. Um, but does that make you a disciple? And and you know, I I think there's a misunderstanding of of what that means because we as laity are the disciples. All of us are right. Exactly, say, including the laity. Yeah. Exactly.
1: You know, the um, John Paul II in in one of his documents on catechesis, Eric brought up catechesis, um, said that and this is quoted in the catechism as well. Very early on, the, the term catechesis was given to the totality of the church's, church's efforts to make disciples. So catechesis, as, as you said, Eric, is is really the, the, the term that's usually employed, but I think that that term is misunderstood as well. I think for—first uh, of all, I think in a lot of our parishes, what the, the term is used is religious education— your re teacher or whatever in and, and some places maybe it's a catechist, but most of our uh, what are our the people in the parishes below the priest what 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 term do we give them what title do they have the people who are responsible for catechesis in our parishes
2: religious ed teachers above them director of religious education director
1: of religious education they're not called director of catechesis mm-hmm. even they're called director of religious education I think one of my issues in a sense, is that I think that um, too, in too many cases, catechesis slash discipleship has been reduced to the conveyance of information, the transmission of information. This is what the church teaches. And I'm going to teach you what the church teaches. That's necessary. I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood here. That has to happen. But that's not the extent of catechesis is more than that. Discipleship is more. Discipleship includes learning about the teachings of Christ, the teachings that we receive through the church. But it's more than that, um, as we'll get into. What do you think about that?
2: I agree.
0: And I think we find even in, in some of those parishes, we can find in, the, in in our diocese, especially, we have some very small parishes. And so we can see, you can see situations um in atmospheres where discipleship is happening by just because of the, the atmosphere that it is of just a small, more family-friendly environment. And their catechesis is more of giving their, their lives to the kids. And, and discipleship does, in a sense, happen in that way because it's a sharing and exchange of, of that faith. Um, but in the bigger parishes, we, we lose that because it's, it becomes more business-like, in a sense. And so people are given these positions of a catechist or a teacher and they uh, feel like their obligation is to teach the faith, assuming that the rest of the evangel- evangelization efforts are being taken care of, in a sense, and that the pastor might have a different plan for how that's going to happen. Uh, so we hire a youth minister or something to kind of fill that the rest of that void. And that's, up until now, I think that's what's, what's happening very much in our parishes with the youth, anyways, is, is just this idea of, I'm, I need to teach the faith um, catechetically, but what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, I, I, they, they understand catechetically they, like we were just saying, their understanding of catechesis is just teaching right, like out of a textbook is, yep. but we're saying it's much more than that. So right. there's a misinterpretation of that as a, a teacher versus a teacher, someone who teaches with someone who's really effectively teaching by their example and their witness.
1: Yeah. So. René, right, anything you'd add besides I agree
2: not at this moment oh, in time. Oh
1: wow! All right, <laughs> this is unusual. For Renee. Um, so what is so 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 maybe catechesis is sometimes reduced to just transmission of information, um, but it is properly the, the, the church's term for discipleship. But what is discipleship then? If it's not just the transmission of information, Nerekly, you already alluded to a couple things. Um, what is it? what does it entail more than just telling you what the teachings of Christ are
0: it re- discipleship is really that that point in a in our evangelization efforts after a person has chosen to follow Christ and so when when Christ made disciples it's when they they dropped their nets and followed him and so if, if we are to disciple we we first have to get them to that point which the church teaches as the initial conversion um, that, that point where they turn towards Christ and, and want to follow Christ. And so discipleship can't really happen until that exists. And so we, invite, we have to invite them just as Christ did into that relationship. But what does it look like though? What does it look? What, is, what does a disciple look like? A disciple it, it's someone who's seeking after God's heart, is listening to his will and wanting to to live that mission out as well. Uh, so they have to know the mission and they also have to have a desire to live it out and strive for that.
2: And they have to put their faith in action, don't you think? Where it's, it's not so they're living it, but they're, I guess in my mind, at the point that you're, you're a disciple of, of Christ, that you are, you are the hands and feet of Christ and you're walking his path and, and your life and what you're doing reflects that.
1: Yeah. It's, and Eric, you talked about how, um, these men left everything and followed him so it's one of the things there's a, a statement from Pope Benedict uh, from 2011 uh, his his statement for or message for World Youth Day there's World Youth Day every year um, even when it's not an international gathering, the idea is that uh, there would still be a local gathering. That That doesn't often happen, at least in the United States as far as I know, but the Holy Father nonetheless puts out a message every year for World Youth Day. And in 2011, he said that being Christian is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but is above all a relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think, he, yeah, he put it that way. And, he, and the Holy Father talked, and I've talked a lot about this. Father, Andrei, Father Andrew and I have talked a lot about this, that encounter with Christ, a relationship with Christ. Um, that's at the heart of what it means to be a disciple, that, that I know that Jesus Christ is alive, is real, and he is personal, He's someone um, who desires a relationship with me and I desire a relationship with him in turn. And I'm growing in that relationship. So everything else in my spiritual life is oriented towards growing, growing closer to Christ and through him, not neglecting the other two persons of the Trinity, through him and in the spirit, growing, growing closer to the father. And I think that's. That, that's a big key. And again, that's different from the Holy Father. Being Christian is not just a matter of, the Christian faith is not just a matter of believing that certain things are true. It includes that. But it's also, above all, he says, it's not just also, but above all, it's a relationship, relationship. a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And to me, that's, that's one of the hallmarks of, of what our efforts with discipleship entail.
2: And, and, and again, that comes back to a conversation that we've had in prior podcasts about that personal relationship. What, do you, what? Well, I don't know if you recall the conversation <coughs> we had with Kevin about do Catholics have I a do. personal relationship with Christ <laughs> and what that is and what that looks like and and how you get there. You know, it's it's interesting that I feel like we've kind of come full circle with that conversation. Yeah, today. I think
1: um, and, and the, the conversation that conversation. If if you didn't listen to that podcast, I think it was back in April or yeah, something. Um, yeah. And, and and part of what we talked about then, honestly. It, this is just not cat language that Catholics typically use. I mean, maybe Pope Benedict's using it, but most Catholics don't speak about a personal, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ.
2: It's very Protestant.
1: <clears throat> it's it, yeah, very terminology. Um, which is, I, I understand that reality, and, and you work with that. But at the same time, it's I think I, I find it a little bit, I don't know, um, humorous. I mean, if if I said, you know, all three of us are married." If I said to any of you, do, do you have a personal relationship with your spouse you would well I don't really use that language like that to describe you know my our married life well no you'd say yes um, I want it to be more than it is but it's it, so the fact that Catholics are maybe maybe it's not part of our regular language with regard to a relationship with Christ but it certainly can be there's we don't it doesn't have to be but it can be we shouldn't be troubled by putting um, our spiritual life in those sorts of terms. I don't Ab- think.
2: Absolutely, I, and when the, I and I think I, I guess I challenge all of our listeners out there. Where if you have if you are in an, in a situation where somebody comes up to you and knows you're Catholic and says, "Do you have a personal relationship with Christ?" I I encourage you to say, "Absolutely, mm-hmm. I do," because mm-hmm.
0: you do. Eric, any thoughts? One of the things uh, I was just looking through one of the focus resources that, that I study quite a bit about discipleship. Focus Focus is a, it's fellowship of Catholic university students. Is that right? Okay.
2: Good. That was your pop quiz. Um, (laughs) Out out of
0: Denver from Curtis Martin. um, But they, they came out with this tool called the discipleship roadmap. If you're, if you're interested in learning some of the terminology and stuff that focus uses uh, it's, it's easy to find online, but as we, as we talk about relationships and especially as we talk about marriage one of the things that always hits home with me is, is the idea of sacrifice and a and a disciple is someone who sacrifices very much for the one that they love and so a, a, a disciple is someone who truly does love Christ and and wants to give themselves completely to Christ and so it's it's knowing those teachings but then also responding in a way that's that may not always be so easy uh, so there is—I mean, there is a, a catechetical side of, of knowing what our Lord wants in that relationship mm-hmm. from us. But that response is, is what's so huge. As we started with in the in this podcast, is the go, go and make disciples. Well, we hear that every single mass, go and and spread the live your lives according to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that going and giving up of ourselves to the one we have a relationship with. That's so important. So that's, I mean, the 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 big aspect of it that I'm looking at, especially just after the elections now, of 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 what's going to happen and things that we're going to be hit with, and and the difficulties and the struggles, like knowing the sacrifices that we have to make in our country, that's that that will help our Lord just thrive and and be known throughout all the nations. So that's a whole other <laughs> angle of discipleship. I,
1: mean, I I did think last night. I mean, well, actually, today, one of our coworkers, I was talking. About, and we're talking about things, and they said at the at, at one point I said that's why we're we need the new evangelization. And there are 50, 50, 70 million, 50 million Catholics in this country, uh, well, I don't want to get into. Never mind. Pause. Stop. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: gonna cough that tangent. Um, <clears throat> So, what does it mean to be a disciple? I want to come back to that question a little bit. Uh, it, obviously, we've already talked about knowledge; it includes knowing certain things. But if somebody says, "Okay, what do I need to do to become a disciple of Jesus Christ?" Eric, you talked earlier about you know there's a process. And but say somebody, "Okay, I, I, I've investigated. I'm interested. I Maybe mean, I was born Catholic, but I've never really thought a lot about my faith. But investigating, I'm interested. What are the what are concrete examples of things um, that I?" should be doing to live a life of discipleship. What would you say to that?
0: I would look at the things that our Lord has given us in order to build that relationship. So studying scripture, frequenting the sacraments, uh, and, and just that. that what do you mean by frequenting,
1: frequenting the sacraments?
0: Making sure you're going to mass every week as we're obligated to, uh, daily if possible. And, uh, I always, I try to encourage monthly confessions, mm-hmm. uh, those, those types of things. Uh, so a great sacramental life, but also a very dedicated and committed prayer life, and that's uh, for me. I know that's that's where the sacrifice comes in. Is is I know like I have to give my half hour to an hour a day to our Lord, and and I have to. It doesn't matter what else is on the plate. I'm going to put everything else aside to make sure that that happens. So th- those are the types of things that I, a disciple needs to look at. Is we we Christ is present on this earth, and and if we're going to build that relationship, then we have to use the things that the that the church has in order for us to do so.
2: And the church has given us a ton of, like Eric said, a ton of gifts. You know, the the scripture and the catechism and the, and the traditions and and um, um, talk to your pastor, find a spiritual director. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of ways that you can pursue this. But we we are called as as disciples of Christ to. Um, conscientiously and active pursue, actively pursue a relationship and more information.
1: Is, is so. Anything that you want to add, Renee? To um, the things that Eric mentioned, um, prayer, receiving the sacraments. Studied in scripture.
2: A couple of things. One of the things um, that I've learned, and I'm I'm a little bit older than the group sitting in this room.
1: Yes, you are. Um,
2: and so yeah, you opened that. Um, and teed that one up. I yeah, I did. I have to I have to give you that opportunity every every time. But um, to have a good relationship with somebody, um, it's it's not a compromise. It's a, it's a sacrifice. And um, at w- there was a point in my life where I. Um, fit prayer in, I'm going to fit it in while I'm brushing my teeth or while I'm driving. Um, and what I have learned, this is, you know, with age becomes experience, um, don't fit it in, um, make it a priority, um, put it on your calendar and just say, this is my time, um, nothing's going to happen until this happens um, because Christ made us a priority. And so he just, res- he deserves that back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I would say is, and it's just because this is where I'm at in my journey is, um, don't be afraid of the catechism of the Catholic church. Um, that is a treasure that I have recently discovered and am reading and, um, I am constantly wowed and amazed and graced by God's presence during, um, my time spent with the catechism. And it's, it's, it's the, the, the early church fathers have given us the answers to so many of our questions, and it's so relevant to what we're we're dealing with today. So um, the imp- the information is there; it's it's available. Okay.
1: Any other additions to?
0: What- I, don't, I I keep thinking about this from the relationship standpoint, but just the being open to to the Holy Spirit. It's like I, as I mentioned, prayer and sacraments and things like that. Those are are things that we can do. But also, just receiving from our Lord as well, like we can we can be those people who do these things, but we can still remain very closed off. Mm-hmm. And so being open to the Holy Spirit, that's I mentioned that is in the in the beginning of of just un, listening to God's will, knowing God's will, and being open to that in your own life. Um, but also just sharing it with others. I, I think that's a huge aspect. Again, looking at a, a marriage, if I never mentioned my spouse to anyone when I talked to anyone, and no one even knew I was married, there, there wouldn't really be any any real fruits that would be on the outside. like I, 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 I'd want so much for people to know my my wife because that's who I am. That's a part of who I am. so if if we're going to be in a relationship with Christ, then we need to share him because that should be a part of who we are. So if I give an hour a day to our Lord in prayer. It, I become more like our Lord and and spend more time with them. So as the people commonly say about elderly couples, as they start looking and smelling like each other after a long time, like when they're married for so long, those things, it's <laughs> kind of humorous because it's true and people can see it. They start dressing similar. And that's, that's what I want to be like with our Lord and with mm-hmm. my own, my earthly spouse as well.
1: I think so um, related to some things that you both have brought up, um, prayer and sort of, you know, at, authentic prayer. I mean, not just going through the motions, but, but actually conversation. And
2: not with you doing all the talking too. I think that's, that's the other important thing is I, um, you know, you'll learn through the ways is if you sit and you talk at him for an hour and you don't take the time (laughs) to sit take the time to listen and to be still, you're not waiting for his response. Yep. So that's part of that. And
1: related to that is something that I think you mentioned earlier, Renee, a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Benedict has repeatedly, over the last few years, encouraged Catholics to have a spiritual director. So if you're somebody who is desiring to go and your, grow in your prayer life, having somebody who's uh, preferably trained in spiritual direction, but at least somebody who's um, got a lot of good spiritual experience themselves, who, who and who can effectively um, direct others in the spiritual direction. It, it's, it's definitely something that the Holy Father encourages, and I've found to be a beneficial. Uh, I, th- I think all of us um, have spiritual directors, mm-hmm. so it's definitely a good way to make sure that our prayer that we're you know we're not just talking, going through the motions, that we're listening, that we're being open in, with the spirits asking us. Um, and the other thing too is the works of mercy you know, the fruit uh, yep. of, of, or not another fruit of discipleship where it, it should, uh, we need to live out our faith. Eric, you talked about talking about Christ and then, but these are some concrete ways that the church tradition has given to us from scripture, the spiritual works of mercy and the corporal works of mercy where, uh, and you er, earlier in the podcast, Renee, you talked about, you know, um, service and mm-hmm. so on. And so I think it's important that we, And being attentive to what God is saying to us in our prayer, that that we are um, attentive to the ways that he is calling us to serve others. The greatest commandment, love God above us and neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to be loving and and in some way serving those around us as well. Um, And oftentimes they can be, well, at least they can be at least praying for them.
2: I'm convinced that God gives us the opportunity to do corporal works of mercy every single day, we just have to be aware mm-hmm. of it and then act on on what we see. I'm I'm convinced that we have that opportunity every day.
1: Okay. Anything else? Did we did we miss it? Anything that you've thought of that we've missed either of you?
0: One of the, of the only, one of the things I, I just started doing a little bit of youth ministry in, in my own parish and helping form some of the the adults that are there to disciple the youth and. And it kind of it shocked them when I when I brought them the the focus resource that I've mentioned and and the and the goal of discipleship is that you'd actually be a reproducer. Um, we were we were started with the the idea of multiplication, uh, and so as as we work to form disciples, our goal is not just that we'd form disciples, but that we would form them to be able to continue making disciples and continue multi, multiplying in that sense. So, just looking even further, casting that vision even further of I don't just want to be a disciple. I want to be someone who can help our Lord create disciples and and be Christ so present to others that they become disciples as well. But also, not just that they become disciples, that they become someone who can form disciples. Right. So it's a continuing, mm-hmm. ongoing process. So just to not set our vision, I mean, my goal isn't just that I pray more. My goal is that I would pray so much that our Lord be able to use me uh, and to make disciples that are able to make disciples. So his his mission, just like it did through the first apostles, that it would continue through me as well after I'm gone. So it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with our Lord.
1: Yeah, so... so it, yeah, I mean, good I, point. I, Eric has, I know, talked about this in some of, you've talked about some of your work, that the, the sort of, the end, well, one of the, in a sense, endpoints, you never really end at this, but um, a disciple who bears fruit will engage in missionary activity.
2: Right.
1: Uh, not necessarily going abroad, but just we're, we live in missionary lands, so in our own homes, in our own workplace, wherever we are. That's mission territory, uh, and we're called to—a disciple, uh, a well and fully formed disciple becomes an evangelist. So, yeah, so if we are become disciples ourselves and we seek to lead others insofar as we're called to in discipleship, the end goal should be that they would become Evangelists themselves, and yeah, repeat that process. That's why it's called spiritual multiplication, because you're multiplying not just disciples, well, th- full disciples who are evangelists as well.
0: And you do not have to be a parish or diocesan staff person no. to be doing this. No, that's what we're, we're, <laughs> we're called. We're all
2: <laughs> called. It's everybody. Yeah. yeah. And the,
1: the one of the documents of Vatican II was um, the Decree on the the Apostolate of the Laity, um, and and that's a great document, a short document from Vatican II. Uh, that talks about the apostolate, the the work of being an apostle to which the laity are called. We're not apostles in the way that the bishops are. They have primacy of jurisdiction, teaching, and governance, and so on in the church. But we are still called to engage in the apostolate, to engage in apostolic works, apostolic activity. Um, The church, again, has dedicated one of the 16 documents of Vatican II to precisely that topic. So...
0: I would just end to as a as a final point, especially working with youth. I think that the best place for this to happen is in the family. I, I think as parents, there's there's this obvious prime primary responsibility to them to disciple their kids. But they, I I believe it should be seen like that as well. Not just parenting their kids, but discipling their kids. So not that the, their kids would know Christ, but that their grandkids would know Christ because of the work that they did in their own kids. So I, I just see. The biggest struggle in youth ministry is is not having that partnership with the parents. And so that would be the biggest challenge, I think, as a parent, uh, is to continue that and to just make that a priority in the home as well.
2: And I, and I would add to that, because I'm a parent of teenagers, so I see that from a, another another point of view. Um, but if, if you are somebody who is enjoys working with youth and could be a mentor to somebody, um, there are lots of kids out there that don't have the solid base in their homes or they don't have a faith-filled set of parents that are there. You know, they may be desiring, the, the youth may be desiring a relationship with Christ, but they, they aren't getting that foundation set at home. And that that is why the youth ministry and the mentors and, um, and we as lay people in the church are so important to... Um, continue to share our gospel or or the message with everybody.
1: Absolutely. Any other final thoughts from either of you? No,
0: I think I already gave three of them. So (laughs) just three final thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: don't go for four? No, I'm good. now,
0: thanks.
1: All right. Great. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back next week with another episode of Ignition. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.